Good morning, college baseball fans. Good morning, Mark and AJ. Another great week of college baseball behind us and a weekend ahead of us. Mark, saw you were in Corvallis last night. How was that? Oh, great. It was gorgeous, man. We're down there. Uh, we actually had some sunshine. It was 55. Look out. Uh, good baseball weather here in the Northwest. Yeah, big, big walk-off. We'll talk about that in a bit. AJ, did you make it down to the Auburn-South Carolina game last night? I did not. I was sad to watch the outcome of that, but it's always I, I if we have time later, I have a rant to go on about South Carolina baseball. Um, but it is not I'm not driving down to Auburn for anything, much less to sit at their their stadium. They got a good team this year, but South Carolina doesn't. So that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Uh, I, would, I would argue that they have a very good team, but then other times they have a very, very bad team. Yeah, they didn't have a very good team last night. We'll put <laughs> yeah. it that way. The roller coaster. Uh, any other teams catch our eye last night or earlier in the week? Hey, I mean, college baseball is great. Five walk-offs last night. Five walk-off winners. LSU wins and walk-off. Miami wins and walk-off. Oregon State wins and walk off. Arizona and Oregon, crazy. All those teams were down at some point in the game, and they come back and win those games and or tied, you know, into the eighth, ninth inning. College baseball is awesome, man. You just don't get that atmosphere anywhere else, too. You watch the video from all those places everywhere, but Miami, people are going bonkers. Like it's Miami's like eh, just a baseball game. I'm like no, you don't get it. Get into this stuff. Come on. And I've been back in Miami all freaking year, and they're doing that to me. Frustrating, but. Typical Miami, always known for their cocaine usage, and you know some people do cocaine and others do college baseball. Miami definitely does not do college baseball. Yeah. How about Sad. Vanderbilt no hitting uh, Kentucky last night? That yeah. was kind of out of the blue. Like it, it was one of those, you know, Chris McElwain leaves the game, and I I didn't really pay attention to it until literally like the eighth inning, and I was like, Kentucky still hasn't gotten a hit. Now. Um, it, it's always insane to me when a team whose pitching staff is good but not dominant has a guy go out and shove and shut down a capable offense like that. So it's that was noteworthy to me. Yeah. I don't know if Vanderbilt's back, but <laughs> well, it's it's funny because you know we were all we've been beating up on Vandy the last few weeks here now, and then they're going to do this. Is this is are you right? Is this their turning point where they get their season back on track and they try to make that Omaha run? I don't know. I still think that they're all over the place, but they definitely have enough talent to get there. Right. Yeah, we've been wondering where Christian Little is, and he got he got in on the mix of so that that combined no hitter, which always comes with a little bit of an asterisk, a little less exciting when it's combined. But you know what, Vanderbilt needed it, so we'll allow them to celebrate their combined no hitter. Um, how about Texas A and M beating Arkansas last night? Uh, a and M is a little bit like kind of like South Carolina, except they've kind of jumped past that point of being a little inconsistent to now maybe they're a they're a two seed in the tournament. They might be nearing that. Uh, pretty exciting situation to go down to College Station. First year with Jim Schlossnagel. Uh, Arkansas continues to be just a little bit puzzling. Just when you thought they maybe had it completely figured out against LSU, they go in and kind of get manhandled by, by A&M, you know, in terms of just not being able to get anything going on offense. Pitching was great. Connor Noland was fantastic for Arkansas, as usual. But – you just have to wonder when are they going to start to really start to blow these teams out. Still really isn't happening. But we'll see if they can turn around to win the series. People forget that they've only lost one series in three years now. 
now they're looking to make it two out of three if they lose another game. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, everybody talks about, oh, Arkansas has dudes. I'm like, well, then where are they? Where are the dudes on offense? Like, you can't get one run against the Texas A&M ball club and say that you have dudes on offense. That's just, I understand they have talent there, but nobody's stepping up. Same thing we talked about with the Bandy a few weeks ago. Nobody's stepping up for them. You know, Arkansas is a great team. I said if I had to pick one to go to Omaha, it was Arkansas. But then they do games like that where they score one run and it just completely dissolves on them. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. They got to get some leadership in there. I mean, it. in watching part of that game last night, it looked like some of the at-bats were just given away. Like, it's swinging at pitches they shouldn't be swinging at and counts they shouldn't be offering at those pitches, getting themselves out, which, you know, that lineup's too talented to be getting itself out that much. If they just make pitchers work and work counts and getting hitters counts and then take advantage of those pitches, then I that's the Arkansas that puts up 10-12 runs. But if they're just hacking at a pitch because it's in the strike zone, but they really can't do anything with it, then you're going to see what you did last night. Yeah. And for Dave Van Horn ball club to not have an approach at the plate looked really strange. It's like, right. okay, that's something that's not coached. That's something that's way out of the normal. You know, maybe it's maybe these losses, like we talked about, is not a negative thing at this time in the game. You know, get these losses now, get some stuff ironed out. But that was kind of surprising there. That was a bad one. Yeah, Robert Moore has been a ghost this year. People were talking about him maybe winning that Golden Spikes Award. He's been an average player at best. He just really, you know, you haven't seen those clips that you saw every week last year. Oh, big hit Bob. He did it again. It's kind of been big bust Bob a little bit this year. Who knows? Maybe he'll break out at some point. But I think that he, if if, if Arkansas wants to play in Omaha, he's got to figure it out. He's been great defensively, but offensively he's been a ghost of himself. Yeah, and I think there have been – you know, one or two games you can look at over the past couple of weeks where you're like, oh, he's finally starting to break out. And then he just goes quiet again for the next three or four games. And it's like, OK, y- you know, it's there. We saw it last year, but it needs to be there consistently. He doesn't need to be you going three for four every game. But when it's when you need a guy on base and he's leading off the inning, he has to get on. He has to be kind of the glue guy in that offense because I think they don't have a glue guy in that offense right now. Yeah. Yeah. They don't they don't have that spark plug where somebody's going to get them going in an inning when they got to score some runs and get a win. They just don't have that right now. They got they all look around at each other. They have a lot of talent. But when they look around at each other and they're like, you're going to be the guy, you're going to be the guy, and nobody steps up. Uh Robert Moore said in a press conference last week, yeah, we're all feeling really confident. Like, are you are you Bob? You are mighty inconsistent <laughs> this year. <laughs> Uh, but with, with consistency comes Omaha, and we are uh, updating our Omaha 8s this week. We've done it a couple times already this year. It's, it's exciting to see how they change almost not week to week, but every few weeks, every few weeks. And especially this year, I think it's probably as challenging as it's ever been to try and predict who's going to be playing in Omaha because you look at even teams like Arkansas who have the talent. We all know that they're going to be – they're probably going to be hosting a Super Regional, but can we, can we count on them? They feel a little bit like a fake ID at times. Mark, who do you got playing in Omaha? All right. So last time I had Tennessee, Arkansas, Oregon State, Texas, uh, Virginia, LSU, Arizona, and Florida State. I'm still keeping Tennessee, Arkansas, Oregon State, Texas, Virginia. I think those guys are still right there. Uh, I still believe in LSU. I think that they get it right. I think that they have enough offense. I think they have – uh, too much firepower to stay out of Omaha. 
I don't know how well they'll do when they're there because of their errors and their mishaps on that side of the defensive side. But um, I'm actually pulling Arizona. I'm going to put Stanford in there now. They're starting to finally play well. They're starting to come together. Um, they're putting a run. They don't really have a whole lot on their backside of their Pac-12 schedule, so they should be able to make a nice, nice little run here late, uh, possibly get a host. And then I'm actually pulling Florida State. Their offense has been inept. You can't – with that much pitching – they're giving away games because they can't score runs. It's embarrassing. I'm going to put Southern Miss in there. I made it my bold prediction. I said Southern Miss is going to be the best Mississippi team. I'm going to put it out there. If they get a host and they get a host of Super, that is a very difficult place to go win ball games. And I think that they have enough uh, on both sides of the ball there. They definitely have enough on the offensive side. Pitching, I think if they get a host and they get to be in their own ballpark, it's going to be a lot easier for them. Um, so I'm going to put Southern Miss there, though. AJ, who do you got? I really thought I was going to be the one with the Southern Miss pick. <laughs> um, I, I I slid them into my uh, Omaha eight. Um, so teams that have stuck around for me, uh, Tennessee. I just don't think unless you know they could have something happen to them like Arkansas did last year. Uh, I just don't see it. I think they have too many arms. They're not going to rely on Kevin Cops in you know the third game of the Super because they have arms just on deck um oregon state i think they're just you know the class of the pac-12 right now um i also bumped arizona out i got stanford in mark and i did not talk about this list ahead of time (laughs) Uh, but i do think stanford's coming into their own Um, i was high on them at the beginning of the year they kind of slumped a little early um and then you know i think they're finally found themselves um Arkansas still have Arkansas in. I think they're just too good. Um, you know, they need to wake up, but when they do wake up, we've seen what they can do. Um, Virginia, I think they're struggling right now. They come back down to earth a little bit and they're finally getting hit in the jaw for the first time all year. They'll bounce back. I mean, they're that lineup is loaded pitching rotations more than capable of winning games. Um, I think, they might be the best team to come out of the ACC. Also got Louisville coming out. That's kind of my surprise pick is I think Louisville is just one of those teams who we haven't been able to figure out all year. You know, they, they kind of came out of nowhere and jumped in a lot of people's top tens and then lose midweeks and then get blown out. And then it's like, okay, well, they're not good anymore. And then they go and, win another series and it's like, okay, who are you? Just tell us who you are so we can go from there. I think they're going to go on a run. I think Louisville's a postseason team. Um, and then I got uh, Florida State. I think the pitching's still there. Um, you know, pitching is what wins in the postseason. And if the pitching lets them down, the offense is capable of carrying them. They need to wake up a little bit. Um, you know, Jordan Carrion turning it on for them has helped offensively. Um, the Florida transfer. Um, he's finally hit like his first home run there. So he's getting up and moving a little bit, but they need more help on offense to carry him through in case pitching fails. But I think the pitching is going to carry him. Yeah, that's fair. I like that. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Florida State and Texas were like my eight, nine, trying to decide which one's actually going to be the for real team that's going to get in there. Yeah, I just don't think Texas is. Texas won't make it out of the regional. Yeah. It's very, very much possible. 
I disagree. I think Texas is playing in Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have Southern Miss. I, I, re, I thought I was reaching for them a little bit, but it turns out that they are the odds-on favorite. <laughs> uh, Tennessee, Oregon State, Arkansas making return appearances to my list. I don't think I can just pick against them right now. Uh, even even if Arkansas is losing games that they shouldn't or, or struggling, give them a home game, I still feel really confident that they're going to march right to to uh, college baseball heaven. And then uh, give me Georgia out of the SEC to finish that off. And then I decided I need teams coming out of the, the ACC. I want at least two here. Who are they going to be? The ACC is such kind of a weird toss-up because they're all so, so hot and then so cold. I decided on Virginia and Virginia Tech. Shout out to uh, Jake. All right. The Hokies coming to Omaha. Um, Jake will probably be in Omaha with all four of his teams that, that make it, and uh, Virginia Tech's going to be one of them. Really looking forward to seeing how they can kind of settle into that ranking. You know, is are they feeling the pressure? They beat Boston College last night, but um, that's not something that I don't think the Virginia Tech baseball program is too comfortable, too, too familiar with. We'll see if they can be comfortable with that kind of – target on their back because I don't think that that anybody actually got up to play the Hokies before now they're going to yeah so if y'all could pick a team unranked right now that is just dangerous enough to go on a run and make it to Omaha who's kind of your underdog pick Tulane Tulane has the offensive fireball to, to 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 do it I mean they're they're the unranked team that I think is the most underrated unranked team I'd probably have to go with Florida just simply because we all know they have the talent. They they took two or three from Arkansas. I can't stand them. We all know that. But they're very well coached. We know that they bring in great recruiting classes every year. They have a very nice stadium, just can't fill it. If they can if they can get some home games, if they can get a favorable matchup, I think the committee loves to give them those weak Florida teams in those in those uh, regionals. If they can somehow squeak into that hosting, maybe maybe they work their way here. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. If it wasn't for Barco going down, I don't. If he, if he can come back, yeah, who knows how long he's out for? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, for me, it was a toss-up between NC State and Georgia Tech. Like, I feel like those are just two dangerous teams. Both have the offense to put up twenty on you, and I feel like that's a team no one wants to see as a two seed in their regional. And we know what NC State could do. They clicked in some of that magic last year, so yeah. they want to be back too. So I, I'd probably go NC State, but Georgia Tech has the leadership there too to make a run i love the nc state i think that that is a great one they just keep letting me down they come into these weekend series and all of a sudden they're down one it's like okay <laughs> come on guys you guys gotta figure this stuff out get a sweep sometime get a, get some series wins and they same my same hate for florida state right now you know i love i love the florida state i love the pitching staff but they're doing the same thing they go out there and they lose these ball games that they got to be winning and i know the acc is tough i think it is better than the sec i've said it all year um, but still, NC State and Georgia Tech, both good ball clubs. Yeah, I mean, NC State yesterday had a chance to go out and take a game from Louisville, and they have the lead. You know, Tommy White hits two home runs and bat flips both of them, and yeah. then they give up, what is it, like seven or nine runs or something like that in later innings and end up looking like they got blown out. Yeah. And it's just like you can't, you can't be doing that. Yeah. Yeah, they were up 4-1 most of the game, and then they gave up runs. Like, all right, 4-2, we're on it, and then nine more runs. Like, 4-11 loss, cool. Good job, guys. Yeah, it's just – you can't be doing that. And, and I don't know if that's, you know, managing a weekend of trying to save the bullpen, but when you can win game one, you need to win game one. 
Yeah, I I know I don't know about how much it is on the ACC. I try to keep an eye on it, but like in the Pac-12, if teams have a chance to beat a higher seed, they're going to throw their aces. They're going to throw everybody they can that Friday night game or that Saturday game. If they feel like they can get a win, they're throwing every arm they have at it, and it feels like NC State's not doing that. Yeah, I mean, and and that's my rant for South Carolina. <laughs> we threw three pitchers on our Friday night game whose ERA started with six or higher. And we have our number one guy throwing Sundays. And we have Noah Hall, who's been great for us recently, throwing Saturdays. He should be our number two. He's he's good in that spot. Why Will Sanders is throwing game three instead of game one, I don't understand. I'm not in the room. I don't get to decide. You know, I get it last week because it was a short recovery week for him. and He threw over 110 pitches. So I get holding him back then. But he had an extra day of recovery this week. And he's pitching a day later than he did. At some point, you need to try to win game one. I know South Carolina the past two years has lost like 70% of their game ones and still won the series. But if you win game one, it's a lot easier to win the series <laughs> as opposed to having to win Saturday and Sunday. So I, I personally, I think it sends the wrong message to the team not trying to go out and win game one. And if you steal it, great. You should try to steal game three. Get away day. Like that's when you just trust your arms and bullpen and whatever and not put the pressure on Will Sanders to go seven innings on Sunday because you've burned up the bullpen Friday and Saturday. That's it's my South Carolina rant. It's I'm so frustrated with them. It's, it's, that's fair. I, I was going to ask you, I mean, it feels like it's a setup on purpose. It feels like that's what they're trying to do is win, win Saturday, Sunday, and not even worry about Friday night games because the SEC is so good. I am with you. I think that that's frustrating. You want to see your dude go on Friday. You want to see that because if you beat the other teams, dude, exactly. Sunday, throw five, six guys. You don't care. Mix it up. Get something in there. Yeah, see and, if you can steal a game on Sunday. And Will Sanders has been great for us. And the reason he's been underrated is because he's thrown on Sunday. It's, And you look at it and it's like, oh, he's getting more run support because the other teams, you're facing the other team's number three guy. And then their bullpen. You're not facing... So he's getting more run support, but it just it gives the offense confidence when you have your dude on the mound, and the offense doesn't need to put up eight to win the game. Yeah. Let them go out and scratch through, scratch a couple runs across, and yeah, you know, we scored two runs on sack bunts and a sack fly last night. Like, like that's scratching runs across. That's a game one. What you need to do against a Friday night SEC guy. And to not be able to have your dude going out there on your side, it hurts. Yeah. Do you think head coach Scott Wingo and pitching coach Michael Roth will have a different approach next year? <laughs> I don't think either one of those people is going to be the head coach next year. And I'm not I'm not aboard the Kingston train. They are dealing with so many injuries, not pitching staff. Julian Bosnick's just out for the year. There's been people he can't rely on all year. Again, we're not in the room. We don't know how midweek bullpens are going. You know, we got guys coming back from Tommy John who are throwing two or three innings during the midweek because they can't yet during weekend series. So he's working with limited arms. I get it. It's just frustrating as a fan not to have kind of that transparency and that explanation of, look, we're doing this for this reason. Yeah. And, you know, that's been a big thing across all D1 baseball's arms. There's been so many arm injuries in the top end of people's bullpens. So 
I mean, you can you can make those excuses, and you know you feel bad for people that are losing all those arms. But people all across the country have lost a ton of arms this year, and they're still making do, and they're still throwing their dude on Friday. Exactly. At least the best dude they got left. Exactly. Well, with that comes our golden spikes predictions. Uh, you know, just to touch on, I think we're gonna we picked three each last time. Are we picking three again this week? Yeah, that's. I was just gonna go over the list I had last time, and then my updated so okay that's what my thought process was, was so i had trey limscombe from tennessee uh he was hitting 403 eight home runs 16 extra bases 33 rbis it's pretty much kept pace uh still on my number one 366 16 home runs 31 extra base hits 60 rbis he has been the driving force of that tennessee team that's very good he has a lot of talent around him so it makes his at bats kind of get lost in the mix but look for him trey limscombe dude out there uh ivan melendez now leads the nation in home runs 18 uh he's tied with a couple other guys up there at the top of the list but i think that being the face of the texas team trying to make this late season run that could be what pushes him to the top of the golden spikes list uh he's hitting 390 now so his average has actually gone up a lot um 54 rbis he's right where he needs to be to be the dude there um the 18 home runs that was just impressive uh, I had uh, Jacob Melton from Oregon State. Love him. You know, still a big Jacob Melton fan. His numbers have really kind of fallen off on the power side. Um, and as AJ and I discussed the first time we did this, no pitchers. Well, this is my first pitcher, Cooper Jerpy. 208 ERA, uh, 8-0 on the season, 60 innings pitched, a whip of .86. So that's walks or hits per inning. Less than a walker hit every inning he's given up. He just reached 100 strikeouts last night and to 13 walks. So 100 Ks, 13 walks, pretty good ratio there. And opponents are only hitting a buck 79 against him. He's the Friday night starter for a top-end ball club in D1 baseball. He shows up, he gets you out, he eats innings up, and he puts you in a position to win every single week. So that's my my list there and finally getting a pitcher on the list there, AJ. Yeah, I, I'm probably two weeks away from being able to put a pitcher on the list just because – with pitchers more than hitters, it's a full body of work. Mm -hmm. And we are enough way through the season that a list is starting to narrow down for me, but I don't think I can pick one guy out of the group of pitchers right now, at least again, in two or three weeks, I'll feel comfortable picking one or two names and comparing kind of taking that on as a full body of work. Um, but I got my number one right now is Kevin Parada. Um, again, hitting 381. 18 home runs, 63 RBIs. He's just been a machine. Not to mention he's playing catcher, which is, I mean, it's hard enough to catch at the D1 level and produce offensively, but to do so tied for D1 lead in the home runs, um, you know, hitting 381. ACC has some good arms he's facing every week, and he's keeps plugging away. Um, Ivan Melendez is right there, too, if you want to. You know, 390, 18 home runs, 54 RBIs, like Mark said. He has been you know, the face of that team. But I would argue the most valuable person for Texas this year has been Murphy Staley. Their catcher hitting 421, just getting on base all the time, 11 home runs when he had either one or two career coming into this season. Um, he's been – I have him on here as like a dark horse, like if he continues to just hit – two home runs a series like he's been doing he could get that number up there 
because that's the number holding him back right now is hitting 421 with 39 RBIs, 11 home runs. If he can get that up to, um, you know, 15 or 16, um, that'd be great. I mixed up his position. He's a second baseman, um, but he's been uh, the face of that offense, in my opinion, of kind of the guy who makes it go. Melendez is the face of the team, the face of the offense, but Murphy Staley has been the kind of the – like what Robert Moore needs to be for Arkansas. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that you said that you weren't ready to go pitchers. I have two pitchers on my list, uh, like uh, Mark led off with Cooper Jerpy, but then there's only one player in the country that has more strikeouts than Cooper, and that's Parker Messick. He's getting a little bit robbed by his – Florida State offensive woes, but then so is so is Cooper. Uh, yeah. Cooper should have two more wins, and the fact of the matter he doesn't. And then Parker is just that ACC Jekyll and Hyde. But if he can, if, if Florida State is going to take control of that conference, I think Parker Messick will win the Golden Spikes. If if he can go ahead, and then you give him a few home games in the uh, NCAA tournament, they manage him correctly, he's going to win all those games that he pitches. And he's one of those guys where, you know, he's a preseason All-American and he's a preseason All-American for a reason. But, like, I, I generally do agree with AJ. It is a little bit too early to focus in on those pitchers. So then I do have Trey Lipscomb as well. When you talk about a guy leading the number one team in the country, they only have three losses on the year. That's going to be somebody who's always going to be in the mix. And he's a little bit older guy. He's a veteran guy. I don't think he's going to get scared of the postseason. But if there's anybody on Tennessee who's going to who's gonna take the reins and, and kind of say, hey, let's do what we have to do to win these games. They're, they're kind of doubting us. It's going to be Trey Lipscomb because he's kind of – he's been there when they were bad. He's been there when they were really good. But then I also want to give a, give a shout-out to Sonny uh, Dicara. Di I've heard it pronounced like four different ways. I think it's Dicara. Um, Sonny D is leading Auburn. Uh, he's just like – he kind of has that Tommy White kind of-esque feel when he comes up to the plate, and it just feels like he's going to do something. He's batting 434, which is insane in the SEC. If, if Auburn can can get a little bit more in the picture, we, we know they're good, but like nationally, I don't think enough people know how good they are. Watch out for Sonny to throw his name in with Ivan Melendez and, and those folks in terms of this guy's going to hit a home run every time he comes up to bat. Only has 11 right now, but he's on a run. He yeah. 12. He hit one last night. He hit one last night. Oh, I was going to say he got to his 12th, and he leads the country in on-base percentage. <laughs> you look at that guy and you're like, there's no way – Sonny D, he leads the nation in on-base percentage right now. Incredible what he's doing at Auburn. I I wish that Auburn was a little bit higher on people's list and got a little bit better so he would get more recognition. Because I do think the Golden Spikes winner, you have to be a dude on a great team to get the recognition. And I mean, we talked about it. The, all the guys that we brought up today were the best players on their respective teams, and they're also great teams. So I, I feel for Sonny D, but yeah. I love it that he's leading the whole country and on base percentage as well. Yeah. For me, he was kind of my alternate pick. Um, you know, for yes, hitting 436 is incredibly impressive, especially in the SEC. No, I think it's second highest in the country. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think he and the guy who are leading are trading off like every weekend, depending on who has more hits. Um, but average is one of those numbers where, you know, it can be inflated. It can, you know, people tend not to take it too seriously. They tend to look more at RBIs and home runs. Um, so I think he needs to get those numbers up. And that's not his fault. You know, you can only have as many RBIs as people are on base in front of you. Yeah. So, again, that's 
that's not on him. He's hitting 12 bombs. 38 RBIs is not bad, but if he wants to receive the credit that he probably deserves, he needs to get that up to the 50 or 60 threshold at least. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got to crack 60 for me to be in that list. 15 home runs and 60 RBIs by the end of the season is kind of that list where you're like, that's the bare minimum to be on the Golden Spikes there. Yep, and then if you're still hitting 420, 430, then you're in the conversation for sure. Yeah, and especially if Auburn can do something in the SEC tournament and he gets little spotlight games, that can make a big difference. Well, fellas, we did it again. We talked about all these great players and teams, and we didn't mention one mid-major. <laughs> Thank God we have Jake McKeever. Uh, God knows where his dad has sent him on a trip this week. But... We, we are reporting live from Chinatown in Boston. Um, went to the Virginia Tech-Boston College game last night. Um, looked really, really good. Had two home runs. Got to see some hammer punches in person. Um, survived the trap game as a Virginia Tech fan because um, my buddy still plays there. They play at Fenway today, so really, really excited to get out there. Um, yeah, and as far as mid-majors go, I'll touch on it a little bit, but missed the mark, leaving off Zach Nito. He's looked really, really good just this entire season, kind of playing his way into a first-round draft pick almost. Um, first thing I want to do is, um, not on the graphic, we had a perfect game thrown in a mid-major. Grambling State um, threw a perfect game, Shamir Page, over Alcorn. Um, I know Alcorn, I think it still counts as, you know, a perfect game because it is still so hard. Um, this would be Grambling's fourth game against Alcorn. They have yet to go the full nine innings. They've run rolled them every single time. Um, so really shout out to Shamir Page. Uh, kind of looking ahead a little bit. They are two games back in the SWAC, but when you have a frontline starter like Page who can strike guys out, that might be an upset first game in a regional just because he goes out, you know, sneak into maybe a bigger ballpark, steal a run. I could totally see Grambling winning a game there. Um, really wanted to dig deep um, for the games of the week just because I know that um, I didn't want to kind of get repetitive. So we got Maine and UMass Lowell. They're both in the American East Conference. Um, Maine actually looking to clinch Division A of American East. Um, they are Lola's two, but they are six games back. So, you know, Maine kind of running away with, um, you know, Lowell. Next one, I highlight Campbell Longwood. Uh, you know, I've talked all year about how good Campbell is, and they are starting to kind of run away with that division. Longwood, maybe kind of playing up, gets to upset them. But again, Campbell's almost playing their way into a three seed. And then last, um, Sean actually had a typo here. It's Wagner verse and then Fairleigh Dickinson. So Fairleigh Dickinson's the school. I know that both these schools are probably two schools you haven't heard of, but I'm a sucker for playing in minor league ballparks. And they played it at the Trenton Thunders ballpark. Wagner has started slow. Um, they swept uh, Sacred Heart University and are kind of in the hunt in their division. I know you're going to look at that uh, record. You're going to see nine and 22 and go, how the heck are they still in the running? But they've come on late in conference play. And then FDU, um, they are leading the division right now. They are two up on LIU in kind of that division. So kind of look for them to, you know, keep the ball rolling. You know, I think they're a prototypical four seed. So don't be surprised you know, if they play somebody like Tennessee, somebody like that. And then lastly, want to highlight America's game, Army-Navy. You know, I guess with Air Force playing Texas, it kind of pulled at my heartstrings with the military. And if you're going to get romantic about baseball, there's nothing more romantic than Army-Navy. 
And then um, got upsets of the week. New Mexico beat Texas Tech. Um, you know, I'm a Texas Tech hater. And when they get outside of that ballpark, it's kind of a recipe for disaster. Uh, New Mexico is under 500. So kind of do with that information what you will. They beat them 11-10. And then, you know, it's like, oh, you know, beat a D1 um, Power 5 team. Let's get the ball rolling. Uh, no, they got beat by UNLV 15-2 to last night. So I think Tech's RPI is killing. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think A&M is the best team in Texas right now. I think they're the only ones showing out. Um, everybody, I mean, they haven't had the woes the last couple weeks. Um, next, we got Oral Roberts over Oklahoma State. Uh, I actually stayed up and watched this entire game. Uh, Oral Roberts was up big early. Oklahoma State kind of rallied back. And then when it got into extras, it really didn't seem like Oklahoma State wanted to win the game. They brought in their third baseman to pitch. So it was really cool. It looked like, you know, when you play MLB The Show and you have your two-way guy and he has all the swag from the infield and they throw him on the mound. That's what it looked like because he had his wrist tape. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, but did want to highlight North, I mean, Oral Roberts. They beat North Dakota State last night in kind of a one-to-two matchup. So they're currently three games up in the standings. So, you know, they're kind of looking to, you know, get in that four series. So if you have that sweep late, it doesn't really hurt you. And then lastly, Liberty beat Duke. It's always an upset, I think, when a mid-major beats a power conference one. And Liberty baseball, I think, is back. I know we kind of trashed them early on in the season, but they swept Kennesaw a couple weeks ago. So they are still two games back. But, you know, sweeping Kennesaw kind of gives me hope. And don't be surprised if, you know, we're seeing those blue uniforms in a regional down the road. And the Liberty Flames are, are kind of back in the conversation of, you know, best mid-major team, in my opinion. I hope so. I love Liberty. I love when they're successful. Uh, they beat Florida early on in the year, so I'm a big Liberty guy. Um, I did just follow Mr. Page on Twitter. Hopefully we get that follow back. Jake, uh, how do you discover these kind of things with your your grambling states of the world? Uh, what, what I don't want to you know, tell have the magician reveal his secrets, but... <laughs> Honestly, I just I have a burner Twitter account where it's just all the baseball accounts. So I go in and just highlight them. That's where I kind of go and find them. Um, I always like to highlight games that I think no one else does. Um, like if I'm being honest, before this segment, I couldn't tell you where Wagner or Fairleigh Dickinson were. And I actually had to Google it again this morning when I was doing the pre-production. <laughs> so I always try and find the under the radar games. But I, I want us to kind of, you know, when you see some of these teams in the regionals, maybe we are a little bit more familiar with them as mm -hmm. opposed to being like, Maine, we should just stomp them, you know, kind of give them a little bit of the respect that they deserve because, you know, the good frontline mid-major teams is, is, is almost like a gray area with some of the power five teams. And I, I love it when my favorite thing, I'll say it about basketball too, when someone under 500 makes the tournament and they make a little noise. And I think mm -hmm. we have the potential um, you know, somebody like South Florida, I could see Wagner kind of playing into that, you know, being, you know, 15 and 25 in a regional just because they got hot at the right time. So we always love to see that when, you know, the team's kind of come out of the radar. Jake, I got a team for you. So arguably the best team in South Carolina right now, the Wofford Terriers. Uh, I know all about Wofford. <laughs> They're ranked in some polls. I, I think they are – they're going to make some trouble. They just – they just play baseball the right way up there, um, but flying under a lot of radars because people look at the state of South Carolina and go, oh, College Charleston's decent. Clemson and South Carolina having bad years. 
and just kind of forget that there's another school up in the upstate that's making some noise and playing some really good baseball right now. Yeah, and I did want to highlight something else. I saw probably the worst Twitter take of all time is someone said the the South Carolina Yankee Grays that they wear is a top five uniform in baseball. And I wouldn't even say it's top five in the state of, of South Carolina. <laughs> uh, any gray uniform, their gray uniforms are out, man. I'm done with them. They're gross. They're ugly. They look boring. They look sad. The garnet pinstripes are so much better. Yeah. I, I love the garnet pinstripes. Also, question. Do y'all think a perfect game counts if it's only seven innings? Yes. yes yeah, I mean, that guy's still, he's doing anything he can do that's in front of him. Uh, is it a perfect game? Yep, it is, but you know, we don't give it the same amount of weight as we do in a nine inning game because there's a little bit more pressure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still a perfect game. He did everything he was supposed to do. He went out there and shoved. I mean, that's his job and he did it perfectly. So you got to give him the guy some credit. Yeah. So perfect game, but we'll throw an asterisk by it. Yeah. I'm fine with that. We'll I'm fine with two because they yeah, played Alcorn State. Yeah. I was well. going like... to say, I think playing Alcorn State is more of an asterisk than the seven innings. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, look at this list you provide, Jake. Campbell and Liberty are two teams that are going to give people trouble in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people are not talking about them. We talk about Liberty a lot because we love Liberty on this program. Uh, but, you know, I said at the mid- midway point that they were struggling, they're getting back going. Campbell has been on fire. So it would be impressive to see what they do down the stretch. Like you said, if they get a three seed, that's a, really, that's a tough matchup there. Yeah, and another thing, too, is I think in a lot of these regionals where – Zach Nito is going to be the best player in the regional coming out of Campbell. And I think a lot of, you know, more of the casual baseball fans are going to kind of overlook it. But Zach Nito, at least what I saw in D1, kind of with their rankings, they have him as like a top 20, top 30 prospect in the whole country. And he's going to get drafted this year. So I could totally see him getting hot and carrying Campbell in a regional. And he can come off the mound too. So I guess that's even more uh, crazy as he hits a home run and comes back and strikes you out. Yeah. He reminds me of uh, Dylan Davis of the 2017 Beavs where the guy could throw 100 miles an hour and then come out and hit a home run, you know, 450 feet. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah, like McKay for Louisville. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was, that's the one who I was kind of going to compare him to. Yeah, but he, he literally is playing it at almost like an MLB The Show type scenario. He's a shortstop then comes out, throws it on the mound and shoves it. Um, I, I really like Campbell. I'll probably be ordering a Campbell hat here uh soon added to my collection did want to highlight so i kind of have like a little asterisk um because i'm not wearing a college shirt i'm wearing a savannah bananas um for virginia tech second baseman so it's i'm still kind of carrying on the tradition of you know recording it somewhere new and still wearing a different college shirt uh have you gotten word on where your dad's money is sending you next week (laughs) uh we have not we'll kind of decide uh here at the end well, we're looking forward to your, your announcement. You should do it like LeBron style, like your decision. I'm, I'm headed to South Beach. <laughs> yeah, or maybe I'll do like the recruiting thing where I'll put on the hat. Which hat? Like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> if, if we go to like Mississippi State, I should have brought out like a bulldog or something. <laughs> or the gender reveal with their colors. <laughs> Jake, do you think a lot of mid-majors don't mind struggling at the beginning of the year if they can turn it on later and be kind of under the radar going into the tournament? I would say it's not that. It's just that a lot of these mid-majors, I think, don't have, you know, the resources to kind of assess the talent at some of the D1 level. Because, I mean, I was talking with my friend last night, and I hadn't realized how much just outside in the classroom money is spent. 
And I feel like at some of these smaller schools, they just don't have the resources. So you really do have to kind of do a trial by fire and see how, kind of how guys do. So I think a lot of the mid-majors, not necessarily punt, but they got to kind of see who their bullpen arms are. And they're okay losing these early games and that when they really don't matter, if it can turn around and beat a conference opponent down the road. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. A lot of those have, you know, season-ending tournaments. All I have to do is win that tournament. So, like AJ said, get hot at the right time. Uh, and they don't mind playing those bigger schools early, it feels like, because if they lose to Power 5 schools, it's not the end of their road. Like, they they know they got more going so they can build on it later in the season. Yeah, and I think um, the Southern Miss fans were kind of complaining about this um, a couple weeks ago about how even if they win, their RPI drops. So the flip side of that is a lot of these kind of smaller mid-major schools, when they go in and play, you know, Florida's and these Southern schools and stuff like that is even when they lose their RPI raises because they're playing such good teams. Yeah. Well, with our questions for Jake come questions for the whole group. Uh, our comment section is always full of usually fam family members of the, the crew <laughs> here. Uh, this one comes from Katie Kennedy. I wonder if anybody knows who that is. Texas fan after the Baylor game, where should I get my hotel in Omaha? <laughs> I think they're back. I really hate to say it, but I think Texas is back. I tweeted a picture of Sam Ellinger saying we're back. And I know that Texas fans always say that, but they just have so much talent and they have to figure it out. And then when they do figure it out, it's it's almost like a relief where it's like, okay, here's the team that we expected. Here's the one. And my dad just did the, the sign to me. So he says I need to hop off Texas. But I just think, they just have so much talent on the offensive side. I mean, when you have Faltini hitting in a seven hole, I mean, he should be leading off for a lot of teams in the country and he can park it 400 feet at any time. Their lineup is just so deep. I would not be shocked if they, you know, kind of even go into Omaha undefeated. I know that that's a very, very hot take. And I've said that all along that Texas is going to be one of my Omaha teams, but I just think they hit the ball and they have a good approach. And I know their bullpen is probably going to let them down, but, I know when you're scoring 12, 13 runs, I mean, I think they scored, what, was it 20 or 21 last night? You're going to win 100% of the games where you score over 20 runs. Yeah, I mean, I know Noah and I both had them in the Omaha 8. I still want to see more from their bullpen. They're on the borderline for me not making it. So it's either them or Florida State, in my opinion, right now. And if that bullpen doesn't figure things out, I'm a little skeptical. But offense does just completely blow teams out sometimes but you've seen it where they go ice cold with the bats and then they get these losses against teams that they should be beating so i want to see them go you know win 90 percent of the games down the stretch from here into the big 12 tournament and find out what they actually what they're actually made of here we need to go and get a counter of how many times people <laughs> have said texas is back and they just come out and fall flat either the next day or the next weekend because it, it has happened multiple times that I don't have faith in them because they are wildly inconsistent. And you know, you look at Florida State. Yes, they're inconsistent too, but they're built off of pitching. And there's a lot of guys for Texas who can't be trusted to go out and have a great, great outing or great out of the bullpen. They have a couple guys who are really good pitchers. But unless that consistency starts to develop, I don't care how many runs they score. They're yeah. not going to be consistent enough to put up 20 for five straight games to get them to Omaha. And no, they're not going to put up 20 on a D1, you know, MLB great arm. They're just not. 
uh, none of you guys answered the question. So uh, last year, Texas State at the Hilton Garden Inn. I would imagine they'll, they'll spring for a little bit of a nicer place this year. I don't know how that assignment all works out. But I would say, since you have access to Jake's dad's money, I would say at the Hilton across from TD Amer- the Chuck, excuse me, that's where all the ESPN personalities stay. Uh, Mississippi State was there last year. Usually there are three teams in there. One gets bounced pretty early, so it's kind of a risk. But usually the national champion ends up being at the Hilton. So I would recommend the Hilton. Uh, check it out. It's very, very nice. So well, if, you, if you plan on watching any Texas games, you can get the most expensive hotel there because you won't have to pay anything for tickets. They're not going. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be there for three days. Yeah, <laughs> Texas isn't going to be there. You can go watch UT. That's Tennessee. They're going to be there. Texas. Oh, real there. UT? Yeah, coming from the USC fan. Sure thing. Hey, I call them South Carolina. Uh, they're not even the best Carolina team. There. It's Okay, we stomped North Carolina. I, I will... I was referring to Wofford, not North Carolina. <laughs> well, you can't. Carolina's not in Wofford's name. I, I hate the broadcast rivalries where it's, if you watch North Carolina play South Carolina, whoever the home broadcast is just talk, calls their team Carolina. And it's yeah. the most confusing thing to listen to on the radio. Because you'll turn it on like halfway through and be like, Carolina just put up four runs. And you're like, <laughs> which one? Like, <laughs> the chickens or the rams? Uh, the real rebel wants to know how have we gone this long without talking about the nonsense that happened in Oxford the last two nights? Probably because we like to talk about NCAA tournament teams, but I guess we. <laughs> I guess if we're going to take this to the next tier of baseball programs down there in Mississippi. Um, the real mid majors. They, they're both both teams are doing it with the long ball, and it's kind of embarrassing to see what's going on down there. You know, lots of runs, bad pitching. Four-game series, yeah, we have them as one of our highlighted 10 picks, but neither one of those ball clubs is very good right now. Let's be honest. Uh, and I think that if they split, neither one of them still is in a position to put themselves to be in the tournament. So I think that they are playing them their way out of Omaha, both those ball clubs. Yeah, um, when we made our picks for this week, I know a lot of us uh, chose to wait until after that Thursday game was over to get our picks in. Um I, I dragged some people under the bus for that. Uh, I also, <laughs> okay. I also... That's what Noah gets for dragging people under yeah. the bus. He gets his Wi-Fi connection cut off. So. <laughs> I'm the hotel one. It should be me. It's the Wi-Fi. Uh, but no, I mean, we we just yeah. got you back. You cut off for a second there. Yeah, I was wondering what had happened, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think the reason they were even on our pick'em is because of the history of that rivalry. Yeah. It's it. Every it seems like every year it's a good series. This year, you know, what are the stakes? The worst thing that could happen for both teams is they, you know, split. Like they need, they both need to make a statement. And so, well, I guess since know. we have been so hard on the Revs, I'll kind of give them some kudos because um, I went to the Boston College game last night, and I would say the Virginia Tech fans outnumbered the BC fans. So really want to give a shout out to kind of the old Miss faithful showing up, throwing beer around everybody, even when their team's bad and not even going to make the tournament. Um, it's really kind of good to see that as, from just a baseball standpoint. But as far as Ole Miss and State goes, I know everybody's kind of high on Southern Miss, but my kind of bold prediction is they're going to put one or two, either Ole Miss or State, whichever one I think ends up 
you know, making the tournament, they're going to put him in the Southern Miss Hattiesburg region, and they're going to roll through flex on Southern Miss and kick him to the curb like they always do. That's kind of my very, very bold prediction. And I'm sure a lot of our Southern Miss writers are going to drag me for it and, you know, probably do an old takes exposed on it. But they just have so much talent, I think, from an Ole Miss. And it, it, Ole Miss is almost like Texas, where they have so much talent that you just almost expect them to figure it out because they're Ole Miss. They always figure it out. But where are the arms, Jake? You score three runs <laughs> in four pitches on three home runs. And then, and then lose, yeah. And you can't get outs. Like you lose the game 10-7 because you can't get outs. This is embarrassing to go down there and see that they're not even being able. It's a Friday night game in the SEC, and there's 17 runs being scored, and it's just not even coming from pitching. There's there's no arms. There's no well, arms. Well, State does have a really good lineup too. That is kind of the one thing that is kind of discrediting the whole thing. Is I know um, I was watching ESPN and you know David Delucci was talking about how State has a really deep lineup. So that might just be it. Is that State's kind of getting hot at the right time, you know, with their lineup and stuff like that. But again, I I do kind of think that. I, I have to remind myself that Ole Miss is still kind of an SEC team because at times they just haven't really looked like that. And it's been awesome as, you know, one of my five teams is Mississippi State, so it is kind of awesome to see Ole Miss be terrible. Wait, so you're down to five teams now? <laughs> well, it's like a pyramid, I feel like. So I have, like, you know, teams at the top, and then I have secondary teams, and it just kind of trickles down. I just, yeah. I, Ole Miss with- never figures it out. Yeah, like, we, yeah, I meant we, from a season standpoint, not a postseason <laughs> standpoint. That's what I meant. Yeah, I mean, you're counting on them to be good in the postseason. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it because of the arms. I, they have plenty of offense. They can do all that stuff, but they, they don't have the arms to win these regionals. So when you tell me that they are going to be facing, you know, worse lineups, they're not going to be facing worse lineups in the regional. <laughs> and you're telling me the Southern Miss lineup is any worse than Mississippi State? I disagree. I think that Southern yeah, Miss. Yeah, I, I definitely would not. Dangerous. Southern Miss has a really good lineup. Yeah, so you're telling. I mean, and if they go to a regional in Southern Miss and they got to play down there in that ballpark, I I don't see them getting out of there. I still don't. I don't see it. And I do want to give Sean a shout out there. Um, I know he's probably really sad after the game last night, so I really do appreciate him. You know, kind of showing up and still commenting. <laughs> uh, was that the end of our comments from our beloved fans? Most of which are. Related to AJ, <laughs> we had we had no relations today. No, yeah, these are all my fans. What happened? Yeah, my my parents are looking at a house, so <laughs> so they are currently preoccupied. Um, but they they will be they're either tuned in, watching mobily, or they'll be watching replays. But my, my mom guaranteed me of that. She was like, "I can't I not replay. can't guarantee I can ask a question, but I will help. I will rewatch." <laughs> Well, we did have a question from my dad who can't figure out how to comment on YouTube. He asked if we saw the JUCO guy tackling, so he wanted to talk about that. He texted that yeah. to me can't figure out Twitter. For those of you who didn't see it, uh, it was a 2-1 ball game. Kid comes up, hits a huge home run, puts them up 3-2, run around the bases, coming around third, and then talking shit to the pitcher, and the pitcher went and hit him Goldberg style. Spiked him so hard in the chest that his helmet popped off and it started a big brawl. I, For me, that's a season suspension. You know, that's losing it between your ears and completely losing your mind and going and tackling somebody like that. It was uncalled for. Uh, I think the pitcher's got to be sat down for the whole year for me. That's my, my take on it. Well, Texas yeah. Jucos are brutal. I remember, I think it was about three or four years ago, I forget who Cisco was playing, but it was one and two Cisco, and they had like a huge brawl, 
and they kicked them both out of the tournament. The number three team ended up being the representative. So I guess just, you know, down in Texas, everybody's so hungry that they just love to fight. They forget what sport they're playing because we never play hockey. So we never get that anger pushed out. I mean, there's a very short list of things that can be said that warrant that reaction. And the fact that no one else on the field was reacting to what was being said yeah. means that it was entirely on the pitcher. If you give up a bomb, deal with it. If the guy's talking trash, it's just part of the game. It, it, there's nothing on the video that would lend any sort of argument to him crossing a line. You know, the third base coach didn't step in and try to grab his player. The third baseman didn't step in front to try to say something. It was entirely on the pitcher. And I, you know, harsh to say he should never play again, but definitely shouldn't play this season. It, it should be reviewed. And I think there are actually like, they're trying to decide if they want to press charges for assault and battery or not, because that is entirely outside of the realm of what should happen during a baseball game. Also, he's the pitcher. Just plunk the next guy. Like <laughs> you're, you're I mean, really that angry about it. You have the chance to police it. Why are you going to go tackle the guy? I also hate that when you hit the next guy after a home run, that's such chicken shit. I like, agree. It is, yeah, grow up, that. grow up, put it between your ears. You know, that's so, that's so mentally small to have to blow up on that. And like you said, AJ, he would have had to say something really off, really bad. Yeah. And nobody else around reacted. So he didn't say any of the trigger words. Like there was nothing in there. That guy just lost his cool. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing said about his mom or his sister, you know, anything like that. Cause that, that gets reactions. There were no reactions. The pitcher just, yeah. You know, and we didn't see the bat flip, but regardless, yeah. like if so someone broke 30 feet in the air. It? Yeah, I was gonna say I thought they had like prior beef or something like that. I, that had to be something. It was way out of left field for me, at least. Yeah, I mean, even like you know the classic stand up when someone hits a home run was Carlos Gomez against the Braves a while ago, where Brian McCann didn't let him get the home plate, and Freddie Freeman at first base was talking trash. Everyone was talking trash, and the pitcher still stayed on the mound. Yeah. You know, he didn't go out and professional athlete a little bit more you know, composed, but there was nothing being said to the guy. So it's just these Juco bandits. They're just, you know, doing smell and salts, trying to throw as hard as they can. They're just a different breed. Maybe just since none of us are Juco bandits, we can't understand. That's the only thing I can think of. Cause it, it, it I, I can't even explain it. It's just the Juco bandit mentality that I don't have. Hey, I played Juco. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> Well, if you, if you think about, like, you know, even if he rebounds and he ends up being phenomenal, there's always going to be some, you know, MLB scout or somebody that's going to say, how do we know you're not going to do this again? He's right. going to have to answer for that in every interview that he does for any job ever again now. It's like, hey, tell us a time when you lost your cool. Oh, I have a video for you. Check this out. Search my like, name on, on the internet. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Everybody now does searches when they hire you. So he's that's going to come up no matter what happens for the rest of his life. He's going to have to deal with it. He's going to have to come up with some answers. I think either the team or the conference has got to sit him for the year, though. Somebody's got to get to that young man. And it, it's a possibility that ends up on his criminal record. So imagine explaining that charge. Like, <laughs> I got mad at a baseball game and I tackled somebody. Were you in the stands? No, I was the pitcher. Like, <laughs> I mean, all joking aside, he did light him up though. That was a big hit. I yeah, mean, I was gonna say. this year, I would put that on a highlight tape if I was playing football. But <laughs> well, you know, it is under review for targeting. <laughs> I know that's gonna be on the uh, the huddle. It was absolutely a defensive 
defenseless receiver. It was t- I mean, <laughs> that kid did not see it coming. He was high fiving his coach, giving him a low five, and just got tatered. So, yeah, it was it was uncalled for. And like I said, I think I think it's a season suspension, but we'll just find out what happens here. Hopefully, in the next week or so. Well, the season long suspension can only mean one thing: you cannot win the national championship. Alex has some national championship odds for us today. Our, our gambling insider. Alex, is that your Corvette parked in the background? (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Not yet. We're not quite there yet. Unfortunately, today, normally, you know, we'd have our best picks of the weekend, but uh, we have been failed by every uh, sports book out there. There are no college baseball lines for this weekend or for today. So I I don't know why that is, but uh, we need to to pump those numbers up. So what we do have – our national championship odds. So right now the odds on favor for the national championship for the national champion is Tennessee at plus four fifty. Uh you know, Tennessee was in all y'all's Omaha eight, so that's not terribly surprising. Couple surprise I mean, I'm kind of surprised that LSU is still in the top ten of odds to win the national championship. Even as an LSU fan, that's still kind of surprising, you know, to me at plus eighteen hundred. So the odds went down a little bit since the season started, but they're still holding pretty strong. So for any LSU fans out there that are pretty confident, plus eighteen hundred, I mean that that's worth a few bucks on a, on a flyer. Um, but hey, look, Southern Miss makes an appearance too. At plus four thousand, you know we got uh, it, there's all kinds of uh, of good odds here. I don't know what do you what do you guys think? Yeah, so some of these are a little bit puzzling on, like, you know, Mississippi State and Ole Miss having the same odds as as Florida State. Um, those teams are maybe on the outside looking into the tournament field right now. But there's a lot of great value in there. Um, I really like Georgia Tech, you know, to maybe just take a flyer on them for those kind of odds. But then when you look a little bit higher, I see Texas in front of Arkansas. I, w- I would take Arkansas at that money. Um You know, Vanderbilt's a little bit too high for me. I'll see a little bit. Virginia, I would take some cash on Virginia. So there are a lot of interesting ways to play this. But then I really like when you go into the second page of this, when you have like Dallas Baptist, that is free money right there. Dallas Baptist will be (laughs) playing for the national championship. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't throw your money on Dallas Baptist. Please don't do that. uh, They're struggling so much right now. I don't see I like Santa Barbara. That's kind of my puzzling one. (laughs) Yeah, you see Santa Barbara plus 5,000. Same odds as Oregon. And above Virginia Tech, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I looking at these. Anytime before even the bracket gets set, Tennessee at plus four fifty. There's just not enough value there to hit that right now. No. Um, you know there are going to be sixty four teams. Tennessee will have to win. They they have the ability to. If this was Omaha odds, I'd hammer that number right now. Yeah. But to win it all, you know, it it takes more than talent. To win it, it takes luck in there. Um, I think the odds for Florida State right now, I would take that and run right now. Again, just with their pitching. I'm high on them. Noah's probably going to throw his money away on Dallas Baptist, but I would <laughs> I would take that money and put it towards Florida State instead. Yeah, I'm with, those odds. I'm with you, AJ. I, as much as I love the Beavers, and I, I think Arkansas, Tennessee, Oregon State, they all get there. That's tough odds. Those are just not good enough on the money return. Florida State at what plus four thousand? Plus what is it? Plus four thousand, something like that. That's good money. That's good money. I think they have a best shot of getting in there and being the most successful because of their pitching. So if you're talking about odds on money, that's a good one. 
Stanford's not bad either. No, is Stanford at plus twenty five hundred. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, a bad that's one. a really good one too. Yeah, because I think that they're peaking at the right time. Uh, unfortunately for Beaver fans, but luckily we already got past that series with a loss. So <laughs> I'm noticing that nobody has said Miami. Terrific. <laughs> Listen, I've been a big promoter of Miami. I, I don't I don't buy them going to Omaha right now. I don't buy them being a team that's going to be successful in Omaha. I think that they are doing fine in the ACC. I think that they just got, you know, bullied a lot early in the season. People were picking on them. So I've been trying to stand up for them. But they're they're an okay team. They're, you know, somewhere between 9 and 16. I'm having a hard time shaking the memory of them losing at their own regional last year. Uh, and that's bias from my side. They were – kind of my first or second team out of this Omaha eight. I mean, they, you know, we talk about teams having the talent and having the people, they have the guys, they have the frontline starter who can go out and win game one and take care of it for you. Yeah. But it's, can they win games two, three, and four that they'll need to win? Um, yeah. And what happens if they lose that Friday? They're not going to win that series. Right. They're not going to win a super if they lose Friday. Right. And they just lost to Virginia tech. So I wouldn't like those odds either. Sometimes the name carries a lot more weight with the betters, like with the Mississippi State and the Ole Miss, because people down there are betting on those, hoping that those guys can make a run. But that that's a waste of money. Southern Miss is your best bet down there. Yeah. Or Vandy right now. Vandy's overinflated. Where where they're at, you know, they're not even. They shouldn't be ranked. Um, still a good. Even team. then, they're a French team. Even if you. You're going to be very high on Vandy. No one's ranking Vandy in the top 10. Right, but they shouldn't have the fifth best odds in the country to win it all. <laughs> no, AJ said that they're not even going to host, and I'm starting to believe that they're not even going to be a 16 seed. I, I think you're correct, AJ. I don't even think they get a host. Not with how well the other teams ahead of them are playing right now. And I made that I prediction they before they lost the series. You did. You did. You, you had that pick when they were still in the top 12, so. Um, I really hope they they don't host. I hate their stadium. Them in Miami, they should host at somewhere like they should host it somewhere else if they end up hosting. Yes. The one thing I don't mind about them hosting is the Whistler doesn't go and ruin someone else's ballpark. He just keeps it <laughs> in Nashville, and you know the thirty Vandy fans who show up, they have to deal with them. If he, he like travels, ban the Whistler, yeah. If he yeah. goes to Corvallis, I'm gonna go stand right next to him and just yell the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> Go find actually, it. I'll find out where he's at in the stands. I'm just going to stand behind him, hopefully with media credentials, and just scream at him the whole time. <laughs> I remember at State, when they were playing Vandy a couple of years ago in a regional, they had, were like tweeting out like protocols on how to handle the Whistler because it's apparently <laughs> such a problem. They're like, don't approach him. Don't feed him. Don't feed the troll. There's nothing worse than you know getting that College World Series ticket and realizing that you're a little bit closer to the Vanderbilt family section than you'd like to be. And, you know, all of a sudden the first inning starts and go, it's like, oh, my God. And then people have started to complain about him. It's been pretty nice in Omaha where he actually does go quiet for a couple innings, but doesn't last too long. Yeah, it's, it's weird when you think you're going to College World Series and you show up to a Little League World Series game with freaking Vanderbilt fans showing up. The best part about the Vanderbilt South Carolina series was the Whistler not being at South Carolina. It, it was – I went there fully expecting just to hate every minute of that game. And we won the series, but the best part was Whistler didn't show up. That's why, because the Whistler wasn't there. He's a good luck charm. They had one guy try to be the Whistler, 
and it happened for like three batters and they all struck out and he just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the that's the sad part of it. It's like, you know, people trying to mimic that. It's like don't mimic that. Don't be that guy. You know, you can la- yell when it happens, you know, be excited for your team, but don't be that guy. Nobody likes that guy. Wow. Well, speaking of uh of pickums and uh picking games, Noah, you had a uh, you had a good week last week, moving up to the top spot. You and Jake yeah. tied for the top spot there. This is this is what dreams are made of. You know, they <laughs> talked about us. We were five and five the first two weeks, and in the last place, this is the rise to the top. This is what sports are all about. People are crying at home. Um, what a story, Jake. I hope that I can finish one game ahead of you this week to throw you away. But it does hurt when I'm no longer picking Auburn and they start one and zero. But we'll get on that later. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you got me this week too because I did a couple like jinx uh, picks that I'll get into later. So hopefully you beat me this week. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Noah, I'm stuck on that five and five train now. That's three weeks in a row for me going five and five. It's It's a rough train. You got to tip all the waiters on the train too. Oh, I got to figure it out. (laughs) Figure it out. AJ had a good week too. Yeah, I I did have a good week. Noah was in my absence last week. Noah was saying I might drop below 500, and I go. Yeah, maybe I think you need to, to not, not show watch up college more baseball. Often. Yeah, <laughs> stay out of the loop. Yeah. Well, I think now there. that you're uh, you're done with uh, with school, there, AJ, you can focus more on your picks. Yeah, you know, gonna paralysis by analysis. I'm gonna overanalyze every series now, so I'm gonna go three and seven this week to bring me back down to 500. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta wait till Friday to pick, like I did. <laughs> so. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, right? We talked, we touched on this series a little bit. Uh, you know, it was a wild game last night. So, what are we thinking on the for the rest of the uh, rest of the series? I uh, I just like Ole Miss because of being at home. I know it's one and one right now, but being at home, I thought that they were going to be the better team. And the you know, finally getting their coach extension signed, all that stuff. I think that was going to help them. Uh, and then last night they go out when they should have won the game, and then they blow it. So. I don't know. I, it's a coin flip for me. This series is so bad. <laughs> now, Alex, I want a little bit of a Mickey Mouse on this for some of these for some of these picks. Um, <laughs> we know that they got them in a little bit late, but so did I. Here's what's really impressive: is after Ole Miss won Game One, I said, you know what, Mississippi State's going to win the series. So please praise me if Mississippi <laughs> State wins today and, and wins the series because I picked them. Even, I, I, I didn't intentionally wait to pick this series. I was like, oh, yeah, I never got those picks in. And then I got them in, unlike I believe it was Jake and, and AJ who cheated. But <laughs> So so what I'm, what I'm hearing in this is you made your decision taking in information after the first game, whereas Jake and I just simply did not do that and just hadn't turned in our picks. <laughs> Sure. So yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So, so that I, that's I, what I'm hearing here. I picked the yeah, team. I caught the red game. eye. I had to watch the uh, the LSU Missouri series because like, I guess they don't have ESPN Plus on the planes. So I was tuned into that series. I didn't even. And there's one thing I do hate about ESPN is they don't show baseball scores on the bottom. So I had no idea what was going on with this Ole Miss Mississippi State series. I picked Ole Miss here simply for two reasons. One, because any team that I actually really truly follow, like a Mississippi State. Uh, I have to jinx them anytime I pick them. So I went against that. And then two, I mean, Ole Miss has just been taken to town by state the last couple of years in baseball. And you have to feel like just the law of averages that they have to win a series at home just because they've been dominated. I think, 
I saw a stat that they're like 15 or 17 and two against Ole Miss State is. So, I mean, it's at home. State's probably not as good as they've been in the last couple of years. I think this was the time kind of where you strike, you know, you extend your coach a couple of weeks after the series because it's, you know, got such a good heartfelt win. And then, you know, you're sitting at home there at the end. All right. So next up, we got TCU, Oklahoma State. I just think TCU is going to have a bounce back series here. Yeah, I thought that too. I I am not an Oklahoma State fan. I just don't get the hype. I don't get the love. I don't understand it. And then they go out and crush last night. (laughs) And I was like looking there going, well, that was a wrong pick. But, you know, I still think uh, TCU comes back. I think they win tonight. I think they go to a rubber match on Sunday. I just don't buy Oklahoma State. I don't buy it. How can you not buy Oklahoma State looking at that? mascot though that, that this is, is the battle of mascots let's be honest this is the best one yet. <laughs> he this means business um i i'm not fully bought into oklahoma state either but i think they're either a team that people think are overhyped or and then they overhype them so much that people who think they're overhyped undervalue how good of a team they actually are should they be top five probably not right now this next three or four week stretch will determine what kind of team they are. Um, but I still think they're a top 10, 15 team regardless. And I think they're just better than TCU. So that's why I went with Oklahoma state. Yeah. I think I posed the question kind of earlier in the week when I was looking at, you know, D one and other rankings, I was like, am I just missing something about Oklahoma state? I feel like we just never talk about them. They're just kind of there. Um, I kind of wanted to pick them because I picked against them last week against West Virginia and looked like an idiot. So they weren't going to do it to me twice. And I will say this, Oklahoma State's, I guess, marketing or athletic department is the best in the country in terms of this mascot. Cause they have him in like a wrestling leotard. Sometimes there's one in, of him swinging a bat. And I, I guess I just don't watch a lot of Oklahoma State baseball. I really love their stadium when I was watching them against Oral Roberts. They kind of had a really, really underrated stadium that, I mean, I'd never been exposed to. So I really liked Oklahoma State. You know, I'm probably going to start to watch them a little more since they are so high ranked. So I guess we'll kind of see if they're for real this week. Yeah, I've seen Oklahoma State in person. They just don't feel like an Omaha team. They don't feel like a, a top eight team, like somebody that you're actually afraid of. They're just kind of upper okay, which I guess is kind of appropriate for this matchup because TCU feels the exact same way. TCU feels a lot like NC State to me, where every time you, you start to forget they exist, they do win that kind of series. But I, I'm going to pick Oklahoma State in this series nine times out of ten just because I think TCU is is just so mediocre that I don't think they can live up to it. But like Jake said, I love Oklahoma State Stadium. Watching them play home games is so fun because the camera, like, flips every time there's a, a fly ball hit. It makes it feel like the stadium is huge. Yeah. Like, when you hit a homer out, it looks like it went 600 feet. <laughs> and and you know Noah being upper okay means that you're Big Twelve elite. <laughs> That's nice, Mark. <laughs> we'll play at ten o'clock. <laughs> hey, it's still seven o'clock for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was weird when he was tweeting like we're going to extra innings. I was like, oh, it's it's, it's kind of the middle of the night. No, it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So oh, Arizona, Arizona State. Yeah. Advice got to you, Noah. This is Noah's homer pick. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. Sun Devils. I remember uh, selecting these games. I was like, I bet Noah goes Sun Devils every time here. Uh, remember when this series used to mean something? I mean, it's sad now, but 
Uh, Arizona needed that win last night. They had the walk-off victory. You know, they were down two in the eighth. They came back and won that game with the walk-off bomb in the 10th inning. Three Pac-12 games actually ended in walk-off bombs in the, or walk-off hits in the 10th inning. So, uh, big win for Arizona. I think that they are the better team. I think Arizona State was hot coming into it, so I think this was a good series. But Arizona's a better team. Where is Arizona yeah. State ranked um, in the standings? They're not ranked. Or in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. standings. They're down. They're way down. They're uh, like, are they behind Washington State? Are they that bad? Uh, uh, no, but they are on the verge. If they lose this series, they're not going to be in the Pac-12 tournament at the moment. Yeah, so yeah, good yeah, luck, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least there's no uh, postseason heartbreak now, so you can kind of look forward to that. I bet I think, they get, I think that they're going to get the A seed. I think that they're going to play, you know, uh, Stanford or Oregon State in the first round. It looks Noah. like Noah tampered with his internet, so he didn't have to answer for his pick. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so moving on, we got ECU and Tulane. We mentioned Tulane earlier in the broadcast about maybe a dark horse for Omaha. But uh, and I'm, I'm riding the green wave, man. I love watching this team. The energy that they play with, uh, I think they're slap the wall tradition after the uh, after their win. A lot of fun. Um, I'm all in on the green wave. How'd that game turn out last night? Tulane won. They uh, blew them out. Tulane won. Blew them out. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, I I picked ECU purely because they've been kind of flying under the radar since you know the start of the year and Wisden Hunt went out, but they've been playing some pretty good baseball. Tulane's a tough team to beat. Um, but this is kind of one of my picks, you know, when you're last in the standings, you need to pick teams who have a chance, but <laughs> not everybody's going to pick. Not, yeah. not everybody's going to pick. And so this I, was kind of my, yeah, ECU is a good team. I think they're still going to make the postseason. Um, and no one wants to play ECU. They're not the powerhouse that they have been. Yeah. Um, I love this series. And they was between these guys are both tied in their uh, conference. And I thought, you know, going down to new Orleans and playing Tulane there, that's tough. That's a tough one for anybody to go down and do, especially, but ECU have been playing well. They were, they were coming in on fire. So I just thought Tulane is too much offense. I thought maybe two, one series. I don't see this really going sweep, um, but I love Tulane in this one. And, you know, my love for Tulane has been pretty high last few weeks saying that I think that they're going to be good for Omaha. Yeah, I mean, Tulane's one of my teams. I think that they're uh, really coming on. Yeah, this is Tulane, VT, Virginia Tech, and A&M are my three tops <laughs> right now. Um, actually, I was able to find a pterodactyl bird Tulane jersey, so I got that ordered. So look for that kind of – it is going to be game one because they don't sell any retail, so it might have a little dirt on it. But I, I think Tulane, though, they're one of those teams where they just hit the ball so well that you know it's really tough to pick – against them just because I feel like they always figure it out kind of down the road. And then, like you said, New Orleans is a tough place to go in and play because I feel like there's so much outside around it, you know, with the playoffs. I think they have some festival there always that it really is kind of tough to focus in, you know, maybe if you've never been to New Orleans and, you know, just seeing it for the first time. And then they roll out. They got the pterodactyl bird on the jerseys. It's just a tough place to go in and play. Bourbon Street will get you. If Bourbon yeah. Street is undefeated. <laughs> That's got to be tough for anybody going into there. And, you know, any of those visiting clubs is like, hey, guys, I know we're all a bunch of young college kids. Let's keep it together. It's like, mm-mm, that ain't happening, coach. I mean, I almost want to say Mississippi just so you don't get, you know, 
the the hoopla of New Orleans. <laughs> no, what do you think? We've got you back. Yeah, I, I think that my Wi-Fi just crashed. Um, don't know a whole <laughs> lot about ECU Tulane. Uh, went with ECU just because I know Jake would be all over Tulane. So uh, credit to me for for calling that one correctly. Um, was really just couldn't talk about the Arizona State Sun Devils. I have not watched them in weeks, but um, hopefully they can win that one. And hopefully East Carolina can start to look like East Carolina again. Yeah, no, we're down in the hole. Tulane won the opener, so I think they're up like nine nothing too yeah, at one point. It's unfortunate. So now back to the uh, the best conference in the country, the ACC, Notre Dame and Wake Forest, or uh, as. Uh, Many people refer to them Rake Forest. <laughs> I love Man, it. Is this team I, rakes. I, I love Wake Forest. I think they're a great team. I'm I'm all over Wake Forest. You also know everybody that watches the show or anybody here, you all know how much I hate Notre Dame. Uh I hate, hate, hate Notre Dame. I hate Notre Dame fans. I think the only fans worse than Notre Dame fans are Oregon Duck fans. And uh so I had to go with Wake here on this one. I don't know if it was the you know being in Boston around all the Catholics that got to me, but I, I kind of got I, I kind of wanted to go out on a limb and go Notre Dame here. I mean they've just been kind of under the radar good. I know it's kind of hard to say because I feel like everybody props Notre Dame up, but I mean at least a lot of the publications I don't feel like talk about Notre Dame as good as they are. Um, they they really are kind of under the radar. I know that's really weird to say, but it's a team that's we've consistently said is overrated. I really like them in these series. Um, I'm just praying that we don't see an all-green Notre Dame versus those ugly yellow that Wake Forest rolled out. And we talk about good uniform games. I think this is an awful, awful uniform game. <laughs> and yeah, the flip I, side of that, as I mentioned how great Oklahoma State Stadium is, I think Wake Forest has maybe one of the worst turf setups in the country. <laughs> Wake Forest's pitching lab, though, they have behind center field is elite. That Being able to go back there and tour the – technology and stuff that they do with that pitching staff is it's remarkable um i blame baseball america for my hatred of notre dame yeah um that's fair and so that i i think wake forest is underrated and i think notre dame is a little overvalued um so i, I went with wake forest as kind of a bolder pick notre dame should win the series but i still have faith in in wake forest and pulling this one out yeah, when I was just, looking at this, at this okay, one, I no. thought, uh, thought Wake Forest was a little bit too hot. And you know how the ACC goes. Once you start to figure it out, then you fall apart. So Notre Dame, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, they, the ACC humbles you really quick. And I, I think, you know, the greatest, I guess, flaw of the ACC has been that we didn't get to see Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, because I think those would have been probably the best series with those. That's Notre Dame's fault. <laughs> <laughs> What is this? The Masters? <laughs> we, we, we got a we got a singular goose flying overhead. Uh, uh, Sticking with the ACC, NC State, Louisville, Tommy yeah. Tanks. Is he gonna is he gonna pull it out for them? We talked about this a little bit earlier, but yeah, I mean, I thought NC State was gonna make this their series. There's this. I thought Louisville's been playing pretty well. You know, I thought this was the time that NC State turns around and maybe makes themselves uh, tournament ready. But my goodness, they just can't get outs in that bullpen. That's embarrassing. Yeah, and I think kind of the luck of that Boston College series for NC State 
was going to kind of wear off this weekend. Um, I picked Louisville last week, and they let me down, so I'm just going to keep riding that Louisville train. Hopefully I get it right one of these times. <laughs> They're not going to do me twice. Hopefully you learn how to say Louisville, too, because that, that's been – <laughs> I don't know. It's the Mississippi because there's a there's a, a Louisville, Mississippi. So it always kind of confuses me because they would always yell when you would drive through. It's like actually, it's different. It's a different accent, different emphasis on the letter. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm just high on Louisville. I think their peak is up there with top five, top ten teams in the country. Um, and I think this is one of those. It's going to be a tough series for them. I thought this was one of those where they just kind of knuckle down and get it done over a, a tough NC State team. Yeah. And speaking of elite uniforms, those all blacks are pretty – God, they're good. They're yep. really good. Yep. And they have the Cardinals rip-off ones too. Those are really good as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can't trust NC State. So uh, Louisville was the team that I've never <laughs> trusted historically, but I can't trust NC State at all this year. So naturally I picked Louisville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like we're all on the Virginia train, huh? So we've no, all no finally faith in UNC. UNC. <laughs> <laughs> it's official, it's official I mean, they had an, an elite logo, so <laughs> it's unfortunate that we don't get to see it this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think everybody probably is on the same page where everybody thinks that Virginia bounces back this weekend. Uh, I know last night's game was good, but I think Virginia won four two, um, which is kind of what we're expecting from those two teams—a little bit of pitching, but. I would like to see Virginia's offense get uh, hot again. I know they have the pitching to be successful. I know they have the ability to go to Omaha. Um, but, you know, this has got to be a serious win for Virginia to be really contenders here and to win the ACC. I think UNC could be in some trouble. Like, earlier on in the year, they had talent in the pitching staff. They still have that talent. But the talent's not stepped up in the back end of the bullpen. They struggle to hold teams down, especially game two, game three they have to go through their bullpen they don't have much depth and i think virginia just takes advantage of that and rolls yeah like alex said it's unfortunate that north carolina ended up being garbage because their logo is just so cool but you need to find a better one for virginia for virginia is actually the solution to that so <laughs> yeah and i think virginia has quickly kind of turned itself into the capital of college baseball with them and vt and maybe some of the mid-majors it's what mississippi kind of thinks they are this year and I, I don't see it two weeks in a row for Virginia. This one was actually one of the easier ones that we've had in a couple weeks, for me at least. Well, this one might have been the easiest one. Of the yeah, speaking weekend. of easy ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't overthink it. Yeah, yeah. This, was, this was sad when Barco went down for Florida. It really didn't give them any chance. I thought him throwing Friday might have made a difference in this series, but nah, it's just too much Tennessee now without the top end pitching for Florida. I know I said a couple weeks ago that um, Tennessee kind of scares me because they are peaking too early. Well, they go out and show me and, and take it to an even higher peak this week. I mean, this is probably going to be one of the easier series that I think Tennessee has in terms of a rivalry. Um, you know, with Tony V coming back, doing chest bumps for charity. I mean, you got to roll with the Vols this week. They even got the juju right. Yeah, you knew when they had that momentum rolling from I – think, I think Tony was just more so trying to fire his team up than anything. And I think it worked. So, yeah, give me Tennessee, and I think they sweep. Yeah, and going back to that, yeah, I'd I mean, be surprised. <laughs> to, he he shouldn't have done what he did. I think everyone agrees that you can't do that. I don't care how big of a jerk the umpire is being, how much he's trying to make it about himself. You can't 
chest bump the guy. Is it as bad as decking the guy running around third base? No. But as the head coach, you're the leader of that program, and I get you're trying to fire up the team, but there is a line of decorum on a baseball field, and I do feel like that crossed it. Um, and I think he'll admit it. I think you said he'll say he shouldn't have done that, um, regardless of what the intent was. Um, but I think the punishment that he's – that his suspension is about right. And he'll come back. I, I guarantee he won't do it again. Um, and, you know, from Tennessee's perspective, he's standing up for his staff. He's standing up for his players. They respect that. Um, and I, I think a lot of people are just, you know, almost dismissing it as a joke when it really shouldn't be a joke. I get the umpire was being who he was. Um, but it, it that kind of conduct can't happen on a baseball field. No, and I, I'm with you, AJ. I think that the suspension is correct. I think uh, him apologizing and saying, that, you know, Tony saying he was wrong. Those, he did all the right things. Yep. Standing up for his team. I think he's doing the right things. But people got to realize that it was correct to give him that suspension. I mean, it's right on par with when Casey, you know, ran his bill into the umpire. Same thing. You know, you can't touch umpires no matter what it comes down to. It's one of the rules of baseball, don't touch an umpire. So, I'd still go play for him right now. Like, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, the dude makes you fired up. You love it. So, oh, we got Pitt, Miami, back in the ACC. Oh. Well, I don't think we've ever seen this Pitt logo on the show. Um, when it popped mm-hmm. up, I was like, "Who did I just pick to beat Miami?" But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, would have been nice if they could have won last week, so I could, you know, know who they are. But Extra innings, I'll take it in game one, wear them down, win the next two. We got it, Pitt. Let's go, Pitt. Uh, as this program knows, I've been picking Miami in every series that they've had on our program. I've been backing them because there's a lot of people that hate Florida schools in this program. <laughs> uh, I think Miami has enough talent, and winning that Friday night game is the one that's going to be key for them for the rest of the season. They need to come out and win Friday nights to be successful in weekend series, and they did that last night, and I think they have enough. Yeah. Even in that horrible ballpark. This one was tough for me, actually, because I felt like this is one of those trap series. You know, Miami gets them at home. They're number five. Pitt's unranked. Yeah, Pitt's been tough, but Miami probably looks at Pitt as we have the talent to beat them. And the fact they were able to squeak out a close game one in which Miami, frankly, almost didn't show up offensively is you know, maybe the wake-up call they need for this series. I think they still sweep. Um, but this was the potential to be a trap series. It still is. Yeah, I, I was kind of getting the same vibes from it, too. Um, I can use a line from my girlfriend's dad. Um, Pitt is shit. That's kind of what the Penn State fans say. I think that they're, they're not sneaking up on anybody at this point because they've, they've kind of won a couple big at, at ACC games. You know, I don't think Miami's already kind of had their trap series with Virginia Tech where they do the wake up. I think this was another pretty easy one for me with Miami playing the way that they are they're going to get back to the basics this week against Pitt, and like i said a couple of good teams have struggled with Pitt, so they're really not going to sneak up on anybody yeah i don't think if miami hadn't lost their weekend series last week then it would have been more of a trap series for them but yeah winning losing last weekend kind of made it so they're back on track i think all right last series of the weekend <laughs> south carolina auburn you know, I'm riding the sunny D train, man. At the beginning I'm of all the season, the sunny D train. Yeah, beginning of season, who would have thought that this would be a great series at this point? And it's a really big, important series, actually, for both these ball clubs. You know, 
South Carolina is kind of a roller coaster. Auburn has been, you know, better than the second tier team we thought that they were going to be in the in the SEC. Uh, yeah, I'm all over Sunny D with you, Alex. I think that this is just too much Sunny D for South Carolina. Yeah, last week I made a promise that I will never pick Auburn again. So <laughs> otherwise, I would have. I would. I, I actually did originally have Auburn in my list that I sent over. Uh, and then I quickly deleted it and remembered that I cannot pick them. And then also uh, Butch Thompson unfollowed uh, the uh, at CWS247. So um, double punishment, go Cox. Losing game one doesn't bother me anymore. <laughs> uh, when it comes to South Carolina pickums, it's uh, apparently we're setting up our rotation to win game two and game three. The fact that we held down a very potent offense for eight innings until we threw in a guy who's just kind of out there to throw the ninth, um, you know, gives me hope that, you know, our kind of our top two guys and then our top two guys out of the bullpen can hold them down and we can put up enough runs as we start getting to the back end of that Auburn bullpen. Yeah, Auburn's kind of in that log jam of all the SEC teams kind of behind Arkansas and, and Tennessee. Um, I really wanted to say tenor there, but I, I wanted to be more professional now. So. <laughs> um, I think this is one of those series where when you're Auburn and you're kind of in that log jam and you kind of need the respect that I don't feel like they've got, this is kind of one of those series where you almost need to flex on kind of, you know, sorry, I just some of the bottom tier, bottom tier SEC teams. Um, Lower tier. We're not bottom tier. We're not Kentucky. A and M was there. A and M was there a month ago, so you know anything can happen in a month. Um, but you know, these are one of those series where you know if Auburn wants to kind of be taken serious, these are going to be the series at home. You, Jake Mangum says you always have to win all your SEC series at home and be considered good. And that was really the difference for me is I feel like Auburn is kind of looking for that respect, and this could be kind of a series where they get it. Well, that's it for the show today. Uh, any final thoughts? A lot of top 25 teams won yesterday. Uh, be interested to see if they can win again today. Uh, there was so much, just no underdogs really won yesterday. So it'll be important to see what happens today. Only one was Arkansas losing. Sorry, Sean. Uh, that was the only one really in the top <laughs> 10. That was really surprising. A&M, good job, Jake. Uh, but sorry, Sean. Rank the Aggies. That's going to be mine. We got wins over Texas. We got wins over DBU. Um, not going to jinx it. I did say Arkansas was going to sweep A&M, and I was trying to get Sean to say it all week, and he wouldn't say it. So I think if A&M wins these series, hopefully it's not a repeat of basketball where they're like, yeah, if you beat Arkansas, you'll be ranked. You know, Beat Auburn, you'll be in the tournament, and then we just get let down. Because um, the NCAA, for some reason, hates A&M in every sport. Football, you know, we got screwed by Notre Dame. So hopefully there's not a screw job by the NCAA. And if AM wins this series, I think they should be ranked. Everybody but you and Casey Smith hate AM, just letting you know. <laughs> We're the you villains. And your, you and your cult program. <laughs> you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Rice is a bigger cult than AM. Baylor is a bigger cult than AM. Every school in Texas that's private school is a bigger cult than AM. That's just false. And I'm, I, that's. That's just that's, incorrect. That's exactly what somebody that's part of a cult would say. Yeah. <laughs> We're not a cult. Look at all these other schools. That We're a community. <laughs> a community. There's just a lot of us. So it, it just feels like it's cultish because there's 60,000 students. And 
I mean, I was a proud two percenter when I went to A&M, so they kind of canceled me out a little bit. So it's just there's so much, and they're so loud on Twitter. I think that's kind of where the cultness comes from. But, yeah, Rice is definitely – I went to the Rice Rice game earlier this year, and I always forget how weird of a campus Rice is. They are definitely a bigger cult. I just think there's no more illogical program, like more irrational of a program than A&M. And they go in every year, and they're winning the national championship in football. Congratulations <laughs> going eight and four, nine and three every year. Yeah. They make fun of Texas, but they kind of do the same thing every year of, of look, we're finally going to take that leap. We beat Alabama, and then they still. <laughs> they did in baseball this year, too. They were pretty hyped up. They got new coach, new everything. And and then we got Penn. We, we got Jake here saying rank them because they beat Texas and DBU, um, who we've already said is struggling hey, right and now. They, anyway. beat, they beat LSU. Hey, you know what? Go ahead, send A and M out west. Send them out here to Corvallis, and we'll uh, get them done in the regional. That's fine. I would love no. it. I would love that. Actually, I've always wanted to go to Oregon. Come on, come on out. We got a place for you to stay. <laughs> I don't you know that Texas A and M doesn't score runs in the NCAA tournament. Hey, Mark, <laughs> you better watch out. You know, A and M is one of the best teams in the country if we only play seven innings. So, <laughs> I was texting Alex. Uh, there was one series. It was very deep into SEC play. Where if Aiden played a high school schedule, they would be undefeated in the SEC. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right, everybody. Well, I think that's it for this week. Join us next week for another great episode. And uh, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the page, share the post, all that stuff. Don't be a square. Like and share. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Go Beavs.